I'm Chris Wallace. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, October 27, 2020. I'm Trey Inkst. Protests erupted overnight in Italy as lockdown restrictions get tighter. There was um, tear gas and uh, lots of violence. People ransacking different shops. They were chanting freedom, freedom, and saying things like the state no longer exists. This is the Fox News Rundown global pandemic. Europe is struggling with a massive second wave of COVID-19 that is threatening to overwhelm hospitals once again. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Fox News Radio international correspondent Courtney Walsh. Starting first in Europe, where the World Health Organization held a virtual briefing yesterday saying that serious acceleration is needed in the fight against COVID. WHO officials urge countries not to give up during this fight. Those officials did praise countries across Europe for low death rates and increased capacity at hospitals. Now to Germany, where the number of daily cases is expected to hit 20,000 by the end of the week. The acceleration rate in Germany is surpassing a prediction by German Chancellor Angela Merkel, who said this number would be reached by Christmas. German leadership meets tomorrow to decide on new restrictions for the country. Finally, in Italy, the foreign ministry is warning against non-essential travel abroad. Italy is now reporting more than 17,000 daily cases, though protests have erupted over new restrictions to curb the spread of COVID-19. Italy is now reporting more than 17,000 daily cases, though protests have erupted over new restrictions to curb the spread of COVID-19. Yes, so last night, uh, Italians took to the streets it varied. Some groups were about 100, some were a couple thousand, but they were not large numbers. This is Fox News Radio international correspondent Courtney Walsh. Uh, most of them were peaceful. They were in about a dozen cities, but the protest turned violent in Turin and Milan. Those are the northern cities. And um, in fact, they've been described in the Italian media this morning as like urban warfare. Now, in Turin, which is like the home of the Fiat Chrysler company, there was, um, I don't know if you've seen the images of there's tear gas, there were Uh, Lots of violence, people ransacking different shops. They were chanting freedom, freedom, and saying things like the state no longer exists. Uh, Along the Tony Street of Via Roma, which is where all the fancy shops are, the Gucci shop was ransacked and the Louis Vuitton. One uh, photographer was seriously injured. In Milan, instead, a lot of the trams, uh, the, the buses were vandalized and there was tear gas and about 28 were arrested. And about 13 of those were minors. So what they're trying to figure out, who is kind of infiltrating these kind of these peaceful protests? And some are being infiltrated by sort of anarchists, radical anarchists, and others by violent soccer fans, uh, the so-called ultras. And uh, this is up north, whereas in Naples over the weekend, starting on Friday, uh, there were, again, peaceful marches by shopkeepers and business owners who at the time were upset over a regional curfew from uh, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. in the morning. But that turned extremely violent. And in that particular case, police officers were targeted. And they're trying to, investigators are saying that they see the hand of the local mafia, which is known as the Camorra. And what they their, their concern is that, that the mafia is kind of preying on these disgruntled people in order to gain consensus and also uh, to be seen as an alternative to the state that has made a lot of promises to help with emergency aid, but has delivered very little. And so what basically the Camorra has been doing, and one way they operate is that people are struggling, they loan them money, they become these loan sharks, and then uh, these eventually taking over the businesses, and this is a way they kind of launder money. So 
these are going on and, and there's a lot of uh, uh in another city for example trieste the mayor even has refused to uh obey the government's orders and started marching with the protesters there's a, a lot of political upheaval at the moment and in rome like wow. even yeah things have been pretty calm in rome we did have sunday night at uh, the far right group came out and they set off smoke bo- smoke bombs in the central piazza and now it's uh, the, the bar owners are in the streets of like a popular area of trustevity are are pouring beer in the streets and from expired kegs of beer saying you know nobody's gonna be drinking this so you might as well just throw it away and taxi drivers are upset but um you know it's pretty limited the problem is that you know i think it's uh, the government has sort of failed to sort of impress upon people the need to really you know make these restrictions yeah, what are some of the restrictions? I mean, people seem extremely angry about the measures put in place by the government. Are these restrictions any greater than what we saw during the first wave in Italy? And, I mean, do you think that there's any legitimacy to the protesters who appear to be actually upset about these measures? Or is this just an opportunity to go out and protest or in some cases riot yeah it's a good question well you know the government is actually trying to slow down the spread of the new infections so that the hospitals are not overwhelmed you know these are measures basically their their objective is to remove the temptation for people to go out and convene in groups and convince people to stay home without obliging them to do so i mean the, the atmosphere is a lot different from march when everyone in a lockdown, everybody completely total lockdown where you were forced to stay inside. And now they're trying to convince people to do this in other ways. And so at first, the prime minister announced a curfew. And then when the, you know, the the daily numbers continue to increase and reach uh, like a record 21,000 day before yesterday, that's when he ordered restaurants, cafes and bars that had to stop service at uh, 6 p.m. And that's usually just before uh, Italians normally have their pre-dinner aperitivo. You know, the hours are a bit different than in America. Usually people work to seven or eight o'clock, then maybe grab a drink with friends and then have dinner later on. So now all those restaurants can only, you know, serve takeaway until midnight. And that's just a huge blow because, I mean, Italians love to go out to eat and, you know, they love their food. And restaurants had finally sort of started to come back, especially you know, after the summer when, um, you know, people really were just used to going out and eating outside and so forth. And the weather's been quite mild. The other restrictions include gyms, pools, theaters, cinemas, and all contact sports have been eliminated. Um, so this has been, you know, a real a real problem. Uh, and this is until November 24th. Also, in terms of like Italy's high schools and universities, 75% of their classes must be online, the government said. And this is, uh, you know, the, the, again, within the, the government, the education minister has been really fighting for in-class participation, saying it's so important for adolescents not, and, you know, kids not to be holed up at home. But uh, they believe it's the only way to, you know, fa- face this. Also, travel is discouraged, and uh, we've been told to avoid public transportation all possible. And it seems like a lot of been there, but there are a lot of, like, problems with, communication uh, trying to to tell people why this is so necessary and also effectively plan for example the public transportation a lot of times when the kids were going to school there are pictures of people just cramming into buses and they're like well why didn't the government get more organized 
Um, and you know, today though, there was an interview, interestingly enough, with this guy who's a part of the Walter Riccardi, who's a, a one of the members of the government scientific committee, and he estimated that those measures will reduce new infections uh, radically. Specifically, the one with the restaurants, uh, with restaurants being closed, there would be some twenty four percent less cases, while distance learning and working from home could reduce new cases by fifteen uh, percent each. So um, again, this is a, but a huge problem for businesses, and I, I understand, you know, there how discouraging it is, and because finally things were beginning to come back and appear normal, and I also think there's been a communication era, and that like, um, you know, there's the prime minister has not been great dealing with this pa- pandemic fatigue, though interestingly enough, he's called a, uh, a press conference today talking about. Um, the the numbers so i think this will you know is an effort to sort of win over people so we'll have to see you've been listening to fox news radio international correspondent courtney walsh we'll be right back what does the second wave look like in terms of cases when it comes down to the the regions i mean are we seeing a similar caseload is it double what we were seeing before i mean how bad are things on the ground yeah, things are getting really bad. And it's again, it's interesting. It's still in the Lombardy area, which is where Milan, one of the main cities that where the violent protests were last night. Uh, but it's also in different places like Campania, which is down south where Naples is located. And before they had very few cases. And uh, it's 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 spreading. The numbers of new cases is rising dramatically. And it's slowly been rising a little bit from the summer. You know, in the I think last time we spoke, there were just a few dozen cases reported every day. And now um, there, you know, last night was 17,000. The night before was 21,000. But it's just going up and up and up. And especially uh, what's number, it's interesting, though, that the number of dead has remained like well below the numbers in the spring so far. But they keep inching up and also the number that the people who are getting sick are not the older people but it's healthy people between the ages of 50 and 60 years old and they see that the majority of new infections are happening in the home apparently 80 percent of uh, the infections are happening in the home with younger asystematic uh, symptomatic people infecting older relatives so uh what worries though the experts is that percentage of people who are positive to the tests it's like almost 14 percent of the people who take the test are positive and the rate of transmission from one infected person to another so for example that's currently at 2.5 percent so one person is infecting two and a half other people and experts say it has to be below one percent to be sustainable and uh, the only way to do that is through testing (laughs) yeah the way to do that is through testing those those percentage numbers i remember in israel it was such a major deal because you had pockets in certain communities that were testing like 20 percent and when it reached that threshold it was Mm -hmm. so far out of hand that it was difficult to slow the spread fortunately they've been able to do that but it did take some much more restrictive measures we saw the world health organization this week praising european countries for being able to expand their hospital capacities during a global pandemic and also just being able to fight through the fatigue of having to deal with infections month after month, and in some areas, it not really letting up to a full degree. So where does Italy stand among those European countries? Are they more prepared than when Mm -hmm. this pandemic first started? And do you feel that the Italians will come out of this sooner than, say, France or Spain also dealing with a massive second wave? 
Well, I think um, Italy has still etched on their minds. Most everyone saw those military trucks carrying off those, you know, all the the, the coffins of the people who died and so sort of psychologically scarred by that. But the problem is here in Italy is that the hospitals, despite the kind of efforts to sort of get up to to speed with this, do not have enough nurses. They don't have enough doctors. They don't have enough technicians. In our region of Lazio, where Rome is located, there are more patients in the hospitals now than there were during the first wave. Again, um, fortunately, fewer are dying. Of course, the situation is much worse in Belgium and in France and in Holland and in Spain. Um, But... Italy's, you know, Italy is catching up, and as is Germany and Switzerland, who had had very low levels in the first wave. So I, I think the goal is to maybe to, to to slow the virus down so that the hospitals do not get too overwhelmed. You know, the idea that this herd immunity would be the solution seems to have been dashed also by reports that the number in people with antibodies in the UK has fallen from like 6% in August to 44 in September which indicates that, you know, these antibodies do fade over just a few months' time. So uh, the question is, you know, how are they going to do this? And it seems like the only way is to just put put these kind of limited uh, light lockdowns and just ensure that, you know, everybody wears masks. I have some friends who live in Maastricht who were visiting, and they've actually moved back. They live part-time here and part-time in in, uh, Maastricht in Holland. And they say they feel much more comfortable here because in Italy, everyone wears a masks. So that's one hopeful sign. But um, again, we'll have to we'll have to see how that how that pans out. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You're living right through it. And Italy, I think, is such a unique country in Europe, having been that hot spot and the striking images that were coming out of medical workers just trying to keep up with the flow of patients now dealing with it once again. Courtney Walsh, Fox News Radio international correspondent. Thank you again, Courtney, for joining us. Always appreciate having you on. Okay, a pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Baer podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Baer favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.